0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements
1: of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
2: The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised
1: i heard it too many BPI presents Pride Connection oh. Sponsored by Blind LGBT Something Pride International Tuesdays at 10pm Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream Or wherever you get your podcasts and
3: Someday we'll find it The rainbow connection The
1: lovers, the dreamers And me
4: la I'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Pride Connection, and this evening you are going to hear voices of BPI talking about coming out and coming to, or what coming out celebrations mean to each individual. And uh, as always, I am one of your hosts, Anthony Corona, but I think with all of the voices we're going to hear, we have dispensed with host, host, host this evening. As always, Gabe will give a
3: short president's message. Sure. I think, like Anthony said, we are all hosts tonight, and uh, just happy Pride Month. We have so many amazing programming to celebrate LGBT Pride Month and uh, keep enjoying, keep listening, keep sending us your comments, your submissions, and your ideas for helming a show. So please uh, just be a part of all the excitement that Pride Connection is and continues to be. So, Gabe, before we turn it over to the other folks that are going to talk tonight, what do you want to tell us about either coming out or coming to BPI? I, I want to touch on both because my coming out story was slow, uh, weird, I would say, uh, because I did not have this traditional coming out like people come out and they no, I you know, it, it was something. It was like the white elephant in the room. I think everyone knew or a lot of people knew. And and it and it was a long process. I'm talking years. You know, the, the end of, of my first relationship, which was very unhealthy, uh, closeted relationship, uh, was very uh, explosive, <laughs> to say the least. And And that's where my parents officially knew. And then after that, slowly, I felt the need. You know, my parents are the most important people in my life at at, at that point. Um, Now, Anthony has joined that circle. (laughs) But (laughs) the I I started just figuring out if my parents know and and I feel comfortable, I I want the rest. uh, You know, I wanted to to widen the circle. I wanted to let people know me for who I was, because I felt I was betraying myself. I felt dishonest and I felt uh, uncomfortable when uh, my aunts or other people would talk to me about oh when are we going to meet your girlfriend when are you getting met? you know stuff like that and also the more I got acquainted with my own identity and the more comfortable I felt I felt that I owned it not only to myself but to those who really love me to to know me for who I am and not Uh, not live in in a compartmentalized life so you know along the process whenever I could I I started coming out to people and and you know like I said widening the circle and obviously those who know me (laughs) for those who I didn't want to come out directly you know they just needed to look at one of my many many rainbow pride attire or accessories uh, so or, or even tattoos <laughs> yep. uh, in any case uh, that was that was that and I couldn't be happier to be authentic honest and to be myself and to be proud of being who I am now I've mentioned many times my story to coming to BPI so I'll say it once again
2: <laughs>
3: most impactful Google search in my life gay blind boom there it was I found my home and I felt just, you know, just the uh, identifying not only as a blind man, but but as a blind gay man and having a place, having a home that represented those values and the uniqueness that it is to be blind and to be LGBTQ at the same time is represented in BPI. And that's, that's my home. That's my heart. And even more so, 2019, BPI uh, also gave me love. So here we are. And uh, again, happy pride. Be proud of who you are and share, share your light, share your colors with the world. The world yeah. needs needs you listening out there. It needs you to be yourself, to be proud, and to share your beauty your loved ones and with the entire world. So as Gabe so eloquently put it, um,
2: listeners, you've all heard our stories before. So I'm gonna speak just for a very quick second or two about what I call my second coming out. I I have always said, relatively speaking, my coming out was seamless. I had very little, either somebody disappeared, you know, and multiple someone's, even in my own family, kind of just disappeared out of my life, period. Or you know, we had that one un- awkward, uncomfortable conversation, and then things went back to normal. So I am very blessed to to be able to say that I, that I had a relatively easy coming out experience. But my second coming out experience was five years ago when I lost my eyesight, and I desperately wanted to keep up some some normalcy. I wouldn't speak to most of my friends, you know, a lot of my coworkers. I was on an administrative leave and and finally had to realize I can't do this job, at least until I get major, major services and and things under my belt. But, you know, I disappeared off of social media, everything, and just didn't want anyone to see weakness, didn't want to see, didn't want them to see me struggling. And so, you know, as a little bit of time passed and, and my new normality, my new reality began to really permeate into my brain, I realized, well, I, I, I can't hide from the world forever. You know, in fact, one very poignant moment was I was in a mobility lesson using the cane, which I absolutely hated still to this day do, and a car pulls over. Hey, Anthony, what's going on? Andy, what are you doing? And, and I was mortified. But hours later, days later, as, as it ruminated back and forth through my brain, I realized I can't. I, I I can't hide this. I have to be, I have to be who I am. And slowly, I, I started to, to reach out for blindness organizations and services, which led me to BPI. And you all know our story, but um, as Gabe so beautifully just said, BPI has given me a family, a place, a comfort, and love. So let me turn this over now to Byron, who is going to helm the rest of the ship and uh i hope you guys have an amazing story to share with us
4: Might as well jump. Thanks, Gabriel and Anthony, Uh, Leah Gardner, Sarah Chung, and me, Byron Lee. The three of us are going skydiving, and uh, Sarah's mom is driving us right now to the uh, Chicago Skydiving Center. We are bumping across the uh, wilderness here of Illinois. Yeah, and uh, you've already done this once before, right, Sarah? I have
1: done this once before, but yeah. it, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, are you Now nervous? that I'm a little she's, bit nervous. She's giving um, us great confidence here. Yay! Like, it's... Here It's one of those things where once you do it, you'll be like, I didn't, I don't regret doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of akin to what our show is about this time around. You
0: have to take a leap You have to take a leap.
4: So, uh, well, we are going to go ahead and stop recording. We're going to go in. We're going to learn a little bit about, um, skydiving safety. And uh, the next time you hear from us, we should be, uh, back on the ground again. (laughs)
1: Bon voyage everybody, see you on the other side. Support. Yep. Moral support.
4: Group one is about to jump. We're just waiting for their airplane to get here. And um, in group one is going to be Leah Gardner along with um, Angie and David. So Leah is just hearing from the instructor, the tandem instructor right now on what to do and how to do it. So I'm not going to bother her as she's learning everything, but the plane should be here any minute now.
1: All right. Good luck, group one. You ready for this?
4: All right, group one is about to disembark. There goes Leah. Bye, Leah! Bye, Bye, Angie! Bye, David!
5: All right, welcome to Chicagoland Skydiving Center. I'm Jenny, here today with Leah. Leah, what in the world are you it getting it ready it to it do? Hey Jenny, I'm about
0: to jump out of a
5: plane. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How are you feeling about that right now, girl? It's
0: crazy. I just took two flights yesterday just so I could come here to jump out of one.
5: Yeah, you know what? So On the way I, home, you know, you're going to be like,
0: hey, I can like I to do that again. Hey, pilot, uh, I jumped out of a plane before. did want me try that?
5: Yeah. <laughs> All right, sweetie, so here in just a second, when right. we're going to get in our plane. We'll go up to 14,000 feet. Okay. We'll jump out. We'll be in free fall for about a minute. We'll be doing about mm-hmm. 120 miles an hour straight back down to the ground. All
0: right. How's it sound? That sounds, uh, sounds gnarly when you say it, it like does. that, all right? All right, what would you like to say to anyone who's watching at home right now? Everybody, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this, and in life, every once in a while, you just gotta take a risk. I
5: love it, girl. All <laughs> right, let's go have an awesome skydive. All right. Uh,
0: that was f- amazing, we Jenny! We are skydiving! Oh, Jenny, that was amazing! Huh? All right. Yeah. Oh, my God! right arm
5: is going to come down. Right. Oh. oh my God! Oh,
0: yeah! Woo-hoo. What do you think? Oh my God! All that right. was amazing! Whoa! I can't believe I just jumped out of that plane. <laughs> I can't believe it either. <laughs> Jenny, you rock, dude, you rock. What was your favorite part? I I love the free falling part. Yeah, but that part, you know, also where you where it. Get that sort of whiplash feeling yep. under you, yep, and then you just feel the air, yeah, and you're just like drifting through it. We and did that sort me. of, we did that sort of like maneuver too, yeah, in there where and we were like, you know, dipping around, yeah, that was awesome. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh my god! Would you ever want cool. to do it again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. One,
5: all right, give me five. <laughs> right there, there we go. All right, all right, girl. Thank you so much for scattering with us today oh, at CFQ. Oh, thank you. Oh my god.
1: Leah, you did
3: it! we're back on
1: planet Earth. Woo-hoo! How was that? Oh, it was so good. So oh, good. So what good. were you
3: thinking when we jumped
1: out of that airplane? You know, at first I was like scared, but then I'm like, you know what? This is jump number two. We got this. You
3: so got it. All right. Well, thanks for coming out. A little high five right Woo-hoo! here. You're officially a skydiver. We're yep. at last Skydiver Center, guys. Come out visit us. Woo-hoo! Until next time, I'm sure we'll see you again. You will. <laughs>
4: i Center with Byron. Woo! Byron, why don't you tell everybody watching what you are about to do? I'm about to go jump out of a perfectly good airplane. What? Yeah, I'm doing it. Do you think that going up in an airplane to 14,000 feet, jumping out, falling back to the earth at over 120 mile an hour and relying on nothing but strings and nylon to save your life is a good idea? I trust you. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You should because, you know... We're in this together. We're right? in this together, man. That's right. You got it.
3: Byron's <laughs> probably the
4: best backpack I've ever had.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Byron. Is anything you want to say before we go?
4: Um. 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 Mom, you can have my stereo. And Dad, you can have my TV. I love you. Goodbye. All <laughs> right. See you guys
3: on the plane. Bye. Yeah. yeah.
4: Good <laughs> job, buddy. <laughs> oh my God. It's Woo. awesome. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Did great. Oh my God! Woo. So I did I didn't kick you in the. D- oh, man, you did it! you good. good. Yeah, Woo. I'm ready. Alright, Here we go! Woo. Woo. Keep pulling, a little bit more. Yeah buddy, let it up. All right, you can just drop it, let like a Fire and you jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. What's going through your mind right now? Uh, I survived, I'm keeping my stereo, I'm keeping my TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that was great. What was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part was probably steering the parachute and looking down at all the houses and stuff. That was so cool. Pretty and awesome. the free fall. The free fall was amazing. Pretty much the whole thing, then. Uh, huh? Pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, pretty much the pretty, first part, the second awesome. part, and the third part. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so would you do it again? Hell yes. Ten out of oh, ten? hell yes. Awesome,
3: Absolutely.
4: Man. Oh, my God. Recommend it. You guys need to do this. It's awesome.
3: All right, Byron. Right. Thank you for coming to Skyland Skydiving of Center. I'll see you next time. Woo! Bye. Woo, all right,
5: believe it or not, I'm walking
2: on air. I never thought I could feel so free.
4: Pying away, on a wing at a prayer. Who could it be? Believe it or not,
0: it's just me. We are on the way back from our skydiving experience yes we are heading back to <laughs> crystal lake all six of us survived yes yes everyone's
1: okay everyone's okay it's
0: oh, really yeah, awesome. my <laughs> oh my gosh luckily anti happened oh my gosh
4: so uh why don't we go around and everyone tell their stories about like how it felt to jump out of an airplane sir you've done this once before so you were the kind of one mm-hmm. that suggested that we do it and, and got us all involved
1: so initially admittedly i was like man i've done this before like is it is, is something going to go wrong this time around
0: (laughs) because I feel like you were tempting I I was
1: yeah I was kind of like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna like test fate and test the universe (laughs) and of course mine's the parachute that's not gonna work right Right. and like when he didn't tighten the straps right away near my chest straps I was worried I'm like is he gonna tighten these or am I just gonna slip out and plummet toward the earth with no with no harness on uh and he's gonna have like a gotcha moment Uh But it it all ended up being fine, it was just, there's a time and a place, right? And that's when I finally felt safe and secure, and then when it actually happened, it was like this surreal moment where I got pulled out, it felt like I got pulled out from the airplane instead of falling out, which is really funny. Because before, I felt like I fell out. Right. And this time around, I felt like I was pulled out. Just sucked out of the airplane? And it was just so natural. Like, it was just so natural and comfortable this time around. Whereas the first time, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Am I, just, am I supposed to smile? Like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> but this time around, I was making faces. And, like, my everything reflects that. So That's I had an awesome. amazing time. Like, it was awesome. And uh, I knew that the folks at Chicagoland Skydiving Center would take really good care of us. They, they did so for me my first time. And uh, this time around they were they came through so well and I appreciate that.
4: Leah, you were the first person that uh, you were in group one. Uh, Sarah and I were in the second group and so you you were the first one to really feel what this was like. Was, was it weird first of all
0: like being separated from me and Sarah? It was. but you know I knew I really felt strongly that we had to do it because I, I knew that Sarah and I both being, dog handlers Mm -hmm. that one of us needed to be there because while we were skydiving the two dogs were in inside in a nice cool air conditioned room so it was weird because it was like I I didn't I didn't get to go up with both of you but Mm -hmm. but I mean that was really outweighed I think by the experience when I went out with that first group and I, I met my instructor Jenny who was I mean just just phenomenal and, I mean, I really appreciate her honesty, because the first question she had for me was, you know, what is your field of vision? Do you have any? And I said, no. And she said, well, I want you to know I'm, <laughs> I'm really nervous right now. And I I really appreciate that kind of candor when somebody says that. Mm-hmm. Because she really admitted vulnerability to me.
6: Yeah. Which I
0: thought was important, because, you know, we both have to, in that situation where you're jumping with somebody and you're in tandem like that, you, you basically have that instructor right on your back. And you have to, you have to trust each other to, life or to land situation. safely.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, because it, you know if any, I mean, it's something that millions of people do each year, but you do have to remember that if one thing goes wrong yep. in that process, that instructor has a major responsibility. So I think for her to, to admit that she was scared, It's really helped me feel like I was matched up with the right instructor. I mean, Jenny, from the moment I met her, you know, was really great about explaining all the different sort of movements that she needed me to make in order for the jump to be safe. So they they put this harness on you. It sort of like goes between your legs. It goes up around your chest and your shoulders. It's very tight, sort of like around your waist area. Mm -hmm. She also explained to me how the tandem part works. You basically have somebody on your back. I mean, Sarah had told told us this earlier, but I didn't. I just didn't realize quite how, (laughs) quite how on your on your how on your back that is. Yeah. They are right with you. Uh Like I mean, every move you make and every move they make affects the the jump.
4: So was there anything different for you, Sarah, than
0: the last time we did it?
1: I was more nervous last time because it was my first jump. Mm-hmm. But like, I kind of thought I would bail, honestly. And then, and then it—we were supposed to fall out, right? Like he's like one, two, and then once I hit, it, it was real that I was actually falling. It just felt like it wasn't happening. Like I'm just like I'm just floating. Like it doesn't feel like a fall anymore. It just feels like I'm floating. And my instructor allowed us to like spin. We did like spins, and so it didn't feel like I was actually falling at all whatsoever, wow. for me. Really? Yeah. And then I also felt the air change, the temperature of the air changed, yes. and I was like, "Whoa!" Didn't have the capacity to do that last time, right? You know. And then I thought, I think last time I remember the when the canopy opened, I thought it was a harder whiplash but it wasn't nearly as bad as I remembered it to be. Uh, maybe it's because I've been through it before and I know what to expect. But last time I felt like my legs were gonna get ripped out, you know? Like,
5: <laughs>
4: because all the
1: weight is shifted onto your legs when you're, you know, you're from that belly down position into a sitting position. And then my instructor was like, don't worry, I won't let you fall when he like kind of loosened up my buckles around my legs and my chest and everything. And I'm like, this is weird, like, this is weird. But he let me steer and um, we did more like circles and things. We, we kind of got to play. Whereas last time I pretty much just fell straight down and I didn't spin or do anything like that. Wow. So this time around it was better, not only because I had done it before, but because I was emotionally prepared for it. And I wanted the cheese to happen. I wanted the spins to happen. I wanted to steer my parachute. Like, these were all things that I was like, well, I was too afraid to do that last time. But these instructors, they're given, you know, all of these safety lessons, like, every single time. Uh, before they are, like, super veteran jumpers and jumping with, you know, clients and uh, people for their birthdays and stuff. It was phenomenal. I remember I, I, my standing time was faster. After it happened, and I, we slid into a stop. Um, right. Right. Cause initially he was like, when you see the ground, lift your legs. And I was like, I won't be able to see the ground coming. And he's like, okay, I'll let you know. And uh, you know, we I, I slid on my butt. Like I knew I would. Cause if I tried to stand up on my feet, I probably would have broken an ankle. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna slide on my butt. <laughs> and it worked out. And then I was able to stand up immediately afterwards. Cause I knew what it remembered what it felt like. So we were all
4: um, uh, flying to up to 14,000 feet and I am sort of in my head. I'm sort of out of it thinking about, oh, what if something goes wrong? You know, uh, and I'm also looking out the window, looking at all the houses and going, gosh, that's really high up. And um, also my ear is kind of clogged. I can't really hear already. unplugged now? It's unplugged now, oh, yeah. It, it yeah. took,
0: jump, it took it, jumping out of the sky.
4: To it took it. jumping out of the airplane for my ear yeah. to finally unplug. So I'm like really in my head and I can't really hear. And, and all the instructors are talking and I'm hearing them make mouth noises. But I'm not processing any of it because I'm just like, I'm about to die. Zombie.
1: Zombie. Yeah, zombie. yeah, pretty much. Okay. I was a mental zombie. <laughs> yeah. So it's also very loud on the plane too. Very That's something that folks have to realize is that you don't really like you only can be in your head if you can't hear the people around you. Because no. the engine is so loud. Mm-hmm. And essentially you're you're the plane walls are quite a bit different than like a commercial airline. No. So you can hear just about every noise that plane makes. Not to mention it's a very small plane compared to the ones that you're you're typically used to flying in.
4: When I was getting out of the plane, we were supposed to sort of scoot on the bench yeah. towards in the, the door. door. Yes. And I, I don't know if you guys can tell by the sound of my voice, but I'm not necessarily you know slim or athletically built. And now I've got this muscle guy on my back and <laughs> so I'm pulling both of us on <laughs> the bench. Right? right? And I'm trying to get us to the door. And then we have to like uh, crouch walk (laughs) to the door. And I really, everything in me wants to stand all the way up because I've got a dude on my back. And I know that he's just like hanging over my back right now. So so we get to the door, and I don't know if I was supposed to do this, but I grabbed the edge of the door, like, just to hold me up. Because I'm like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to stand up long enough for us to rock ourselves out of this plane. So I'm hanging on for dear life at the door of the plane, and I can barely stand up because I have another dude on my back. And um, we, we fell out of the plane. Like you said, it was like, I didn't really register the fact that we were out of the plane anymore right away. I was just like, oh. We're not in the plane Uh, anymore. My feet are not on (laughs) the ground anymore. Um, I flew through the air and got down to the ground in one piece. The only thing that was kind of scary is when the ground came up, I was like, I'm like, okay, we've survived jumping out of a plane. We didn't hit our heads on anything jumping out. And now we've survived falling through the air. And we got the parachute open. That's all good. I'm like, okay, there's only one last here point comes the of ground. failure here. Yep. And and uh, so my butt hit the ground and it was soft. I mean it was it was a bit of a bump, but it wasn't I, I was expecting it to really hurt and for the ground to be really fast and for us to slide for a really long time. And we really didn't. It was just kind of like oh, you're stopped now. So it was
1: a very soft one, I think. Yeah, Yeah. it was for me too. Like, I was expecting it to be harder, but, like, maybe I'm remembering it wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, uh, so what was the fall like for you, Leah? You know what what I maybe wasn't expecting is just how loud it was going to be during the free fall. Mm -hmm. Like, the wind just rushing through my ears. Yeah. And that just sense of knowing I was going over 100 miles an hour. I think that's what it is. I can't remember what they said exactly, but... Just knowing that I was plummeting that fast, but you, you can't, you really can't hear anything. The, the wind, the, the sound of wind rushing mm-hmm. is, is like really intense. And the, the other thing that Jenny said to me is just yell, yell. Because if you feel, you may feel like you have trouble breathing. So just keep yelling. And I did. I was just yelling all kinds of nonsense. <laughs> you know, how many swear
4: words did you, probably uh, probably a lot, fly?
0: <laughs> but you know, the, the sitting part was, it wasn't as painful as I kind of thought it might be. But the also thing I noticed is that suddenly it was like the whole world like, snapped into focus again because uh-huh. it was quiet. All of a sudden I could hear
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, and, um, I love the drifting part and I could tell sort of the different stages because I could feel, Sarah said this too, but you know, the, the, the weather shifting, like when you're when you're up there, it's really, it's cold. But as we were coming down, I could suddenly feel the sun on my face. You know, I I could feel the temperature rising. And she Uh, told me, you know, close to when we hit the ground, she said, I need you to just you need to raise your legs up as high as possible. <laughs> she said, yes, I don't want you to go to the hospital with a broken leg. Right. So, I mean, I just put my legs way up there and she said, that's perfect. And it was a really gentle landing. I was expecting it also to be harder because we were coming from 14,000 feet up. I mean, I was just yeah. expecting it, but it wasn't, it was very gentle. But also remember- people, people landed, um,
4: a lot better more closely to one another than i was expecting i was expecting for us to have to trek for quite a ways to get to the building mm. and i expected us to be very much separated um i didn't expect us all to kind of slide into the same spot i you know i just didn't think you had that much control um, they,
0: they seemed to That you, know. you know it was a real the whole thing was a real adrenaline adrenaline rush yeah. It was crazy and it lasted. It was quicker than I thought it would be. I thought we'd be in the air a little longer than we actually were. Sarah, when you were falling out of the airplane, did, did anything weird happen with
4: your vision at all
1: when you were falling? No, I didn't have anything like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately, well, well, if my ears, honestly, my ears, because I, I recently had a tooth extracted. Wisdom tooth wise, so I was like, my the environment in my ears have shifted on that side of my head, so I wasn't expecting, I had forgotten how much air like flying past you was. It's like when I was explaining it to people, I said that it's gonna feel like you have your car window open, you have your head sticking out the window, and it's that amplified, so I had forgotten what the wind was gonna feel like. And I was really surprised when it suddenly got warm, and I was like, oh, this is where it changed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, such a good experience, though.
4: So, for me, my glasses were on underneath my goggles, and so the goggles were kind of a little foggy because of eye steam, <laughs> I guess, skin steam collecting on my glasses, so there was some of that but my vision like went blurry a little bit during the fall. Like, I don't know if that was just because I was moving so fast and falling so fast. And maybe we are like going through some clouds. I don't really know. But what really happened is my ears just kind of went to nothing. The volume went down on everything and I couldn't hear for a while. And then when we got lower, they started to pop. And then after we pulled the chute and came back down, um, to like a reasonable level, uh, my ears finally kind of came back and I'm like, Oh, I can, my fear is finally unclogged because <laughs> I've been dealing with a clo- with like an earplug or whatever all day long. Flying.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: So anyway, that, that seemed to fix it.
0: Well, we all, we
4: all three of us overcame a big fear. Um, so that was. Yeah. I mean, you,
0: you there's a lot of trust involved Yeah. I mean, when you when you make that leap. And uh, it was interesting because I went first. It's sort of after I was done and had come back in. I was sitting with the dogs, you know, in this really quiet room. And I'm probably the one person today that had all this time to just kind of reflect and have that quiet space.
4: Yeah, you had, you had some
0: time to come down from the adrenaline high. I did. I mean, and it was that... Was really for me. It was really well. It was much, much needed mm-hmm. to, to have sort of those moments with the dogs. I think that were really calm and just to sort of to reflect on the fact that I did this. Yeah. You know, I I I made this jump. No one's ever gonna like take that away from me. You know.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and that when life is really challenging and you know, in, in my ideal, a lot, sometimes really paralyzing depression. And I think, you know, for, for, for me to, to take a risk like that, I mean, literally you've got one person on your back and you are trusting that person to get to the ground safely. But there's aside from that parachute, you know, there's no, there's no safety net yeah you're you are going down 14, feet. mm mm-hmm. feet and i'm always gonna know i was i was able to do this i was strong enough to to jump
4: yep yeah it definitely oh. does wonders for your self-confidence i guess self-esteem, and your too, self-esteem but... like oh my god you know, if I can jump out of an airplane and put trust in one person in a, in a
0: parachute, in a bag, yep. then I can overcome other things. I think the other thing that was awesome for me is when we came down, I asked Jenny, I said, you know, if you, if you ever have the opportunity to tandem with another totally blind person, will you feel better about it. Mm-hmm. And she said, I would feel absolutely confident next time. Um, and that, that, was, that was really cool. That's I think awesome. to know that the experience I I, I gained something from it and I, I think that she gained something as well
1: those are like the best experiences yeah.
0: so we've, we've learned a little bit
4: about Leah's instructor um, Sarah who was your instructor
1: so my instructor was Gustavo super chill guy we did all sorts of spins I don't know if you guys did spins or not but we did spins he like took me for a (laughs) joyride. We did spins under a canopy. Like, I mean, he seems like he has so much fun. And um, super chill. Like, his energy was great. Um, Super accommodating. It was was just a really great experience, and I thought that he was a really great guy. And he just kept reassuring me, even though I was like, what about goggles? What about this? What about that? He's like, it's fine. Like, don't worry, it's fine. I got you. I'm like, Uh okay, all right. And just that level of confidence, it's just like, you know, that's how you know you're in good hands. There was no panic. He didn't get mad at me. He didn't, he wasn't upset that I, you know, like there was a point on the plane and we were scooting and he's like, now lift up your right leg and put it on the bench next to you. And I literally did the half squat instead of like just sitting down and putting my leg out straight in front of me Did right. to scoot. I didn't understand what that meant he goes no just like sit down and then stick your right leg out and
0: I was like oh got it
1: (laughs) yeah I had
4: trouble with that too because I first of all didn't realize there's space right for our legs to go and I didn't really understand why he wanted me to do that I thought we would like do it while we were standing up by the door but no we're supposed to like hook up to each other more yeah and like I was supposed to back for lack of a better word like back into him and then you know um hook up and 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 everything and i didn't understand it so i was all confused um but my instructor's name was nate and he was super confident and um put me at ease big time you know i just felt like he knew what he was doing and so um you know we we, we had a bit of communication barrier because I was in my head and it was loud and I wasn't understanding everything. Um, but he took it in stride and he was like, yeah, he had a quiet one. I wasn't one of those typical like, oh, my God, I'm going to jump out of the plane. You know, super excitable. You know, I, I was just very much in my head the whole time. But he did very good at making me feel comfortable and just uh, making sure that I had a good time. So, yeah, Nate, Gustavo... And Jenny. Jenny, yeah. Yeah. They were very cool people. Something
0: I also learned, too, today, while we were waiting for them to be ready for us and my group, is that this is a really, really female and trans positive. I, I don't think... I don't know if school is the right word or, or organization, but extremely trans positive. Um, I was told that only 11% of women... Do, uh, solo skydiving or act as instructors, and that um, this is a school that really encourages that. And That's so, so cool. They're so positive, you know, in, in so many, so many different ways. So it made me feel comfortable. Not
1: only were they positive, they were super relaxed. Yes, too. Like there was, like uh, there was a moment of vulnerability for your instructor, Leah. You know, she she was honest with you. Yep. But at the same time, it didn't seem like she was super panicked about it either.
0: No, she wasn't panicked. She just said, look, yeah. I'm, I'm nervous. Right. Which is okay. So it's, it's, it's always, I like people that admit that they're nervous. Right. Absolutely. But everyone in there was, it was obvious that they had a lot of joy in, in what they did. I didn't sense any stress. Um, I, I didn't sense that it was even a job for a lot of them. They, they really seem to truly love. There's, there's kind of like a lifestyle there. They, they uh,
4: A lot of people live at the center, and they have campers um, where a lot of people uh, camp there for quite a bit of time during the year. And uh, it seems like they're like a really tight-knit community of people that probably do this all day every day and enjoy every dang minute of it yeah yeah
1: yeah i remember byron when when i was like byron after we were all there i realized where y'all were yeah and i was like byron how was it you're like that was worth every single penny (laughs) yeah that was (laughs) the first thing i heard out of your mouth and i was like thank goodness it's you know Um, skydiving
4: sounds like a really expensive uh proposal and you're like
0: it. it is worth it to have that it's worth it. i don't even remember remember what I said to you Sarah because I was walking back and you came up to me and you asked me how was I do not remember what I said so I, I, I know I said that it was awesome or <laughs> something you said it was awesome uh, <laughs>
1: and there, there was like a moment of like emotion there for everybody yes you know like
0: there was this, this
1: really emotive moment where I was like man I'm like high on life right now and it's literally yeah. pure adrenaline yeah but there was also like this emotional something there where it was like not only just pride which is a really good segue into this week's show and what we're talking about but it was it was definitely a moment where i got to really be i got to really appreciate who i am as a person you know and the fact that i was able to put out that kind of courage yeah and i didn't i didn't back out when the time came i still went for it anyway yep and that that
0: takes a lot of a lot emotionally and physically you know I also want to point out and I said this at dinner but I think it's important you know like when in in the group that Sarah went up in Sarah's mother did not jump but she went up yeah saw saw Sarah leap and I just think that I think that takes a lot of guts yeah so like watch your to watch your daughter jump out of a plane, my mother would have lost her mind.
1: Her initial reaction was, "Oh my god, it looks like fun, but it looks very scary." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 So if you are
1: planning on going into one of those kinds of airplanes, just be aware that it's going to be really hard on your hearing and your ears. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah. Because that's where all the you know the engines are—is at the front of the plane. They have a propeller and everything, um, and it's very loud. But that's one way you can experience spectating. Uh, even though you're kind of fixated facing forward because of the safety seatbelts, um, but the other way to spectate is from the ground and you can watch people coming in and landing. Um, and I mean, they'll let you know, like, what was great about when group one, went was they asked, they're like, do you want to see your friends leave and take off and do you want to see them land? And I was like, absolutely. Like if I can go and support them, absolutely. Um, and they taught us where to go and where to stand and hang out. and. Uh, I just remember the energy was very, very positive, like the whole time for everybody. Did Did you bring those dogs out? I not? did not. You, okay, no. so you okay? All right. No. Um. One of the staff was there, and um, her, her story is really cool too. She's a she's a comic. Yeah. And uh,
0: she's the one that was telling me it was really trans.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. super. She She used to work at Center of Center on Halstead, and uh, she has history in Chicago. And now she works at CSC, but, like, she also has worked with CCI canines and, like, very decorated, you know, history. I, I find it yeah. very is this tamale? interesting. Yes, this is yeah. Tamale. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's like, go, go, say hi to your friends. Like, you know, I'll watch the dogs, no problem. And the fact that people were just so willing to do that and, you know... They're just like, you don't have to worry about your dogs. We'll take care of them. No problem. Because initially I thought that they were going to have to be alone. And I was like, well, I don't want, you know, I don't want them to feel bad that they're by themselves. The dog goes, I don't want them just tied down and forgotten somewhere. Because, I mean, that's, that's, that's the bond between a handler and the dog. You can't just presume your dog's going to be okay. Just tied down somewhere. right? Right. But if you have a trusted person who's holding that leash until you get back, you know, At least you know that there's someone looking out for your dog when you're not able to.
4: Skydiving is really scary, but you know what else is really scary? Coming out. And in honor of Pride Month, we've asked a couple of our board members to come on and talk about what it was like for them to come out. First, we're going to hear from Will Burley.
6: I remember when I fully lost my sight about 12 years ago. And my first thought was... Nobody's going to want a blind gay guy. I had never been around blind people before. I knew they logically existed, but I had never seen one. I'm from Houston, Texas, and it's not quite a pedestrian-friendly city. Um, Everybody's driving or on the bus. So, since I was driving, I didn't get to see blind and visually impaired people out and about and walking, going about their business. Or, it was the fact that I just didn't pay attention. And I certainly had never seen blind and LGBT uh, individuals. So... When I I lost my sight, it was very traumatic. Um, And I remember getting on the computer with my best friend and we looked, we Googled the words blind gay. And eventually we came across, um, at that time they were just getting ready to change the name from B Flag to Blind LGBT Pride International and I looked at the website and went back and forth about joining because I'm like, oh I found this group but I really don't know what it's about, is this fake? (laughs) Who knew there were other blind LGBT people? So... In 2012, um, I actually became a member, Uh, still hadn't met anyone, but my first convention, which was Columbus, Ohio in 2013, that was my first uh, convention with ACB and with BPI. And I just remember walking into the room And it was like a breath of fresh air. (laughs) I was like, these are my people. I just, (laughs) ordinarily, I'm a very introverted person, but because I was so excited to be around people that were just like me, people who couldn't see or had issues seeing, and they were same gender loving, just like me. I was so excited that I just went in and I started talking to people like they were my my first cousin. (laughs) And I remember everybody remarking, you coming in in here like you know everybody. And that's how it felt to me. I can remember meeting Don Brown and And people like George Ashiouris, and and, uh, Mark Hanahano, and um, George Abbott, and Frankie, and just the whole range of people that I'm sure all of you know already. I remember meeting them, and they just welcomed me with such open arms, and... What that, that first convention meant to me was that I was normal. I was not some oddball and that if these people can do it, I can do it. I've been a very confident person my whole life. That's how I was raised. That's what was instilled in me. But losing my sight took a lot out of me. As I'm sure it is with everybody. But not until I got to that very first BPI convention did I get that confidence back or start getting that confidence back that I lost right when I lost my sight. Um, so I was resurrected in a way, I started traveling more, I was inspired to to do other things that I hadn't even done before, when I could see perfectly well, and so BPI will always have a really special place in my heart and in my life. Here's to 21 years and 21 plus 21 plus 21 plus 21. Happy anniversary, BPI. This is Will Burley.
4: Thanks, Will. You're listening to Pride Connection. Coming up next... Jess Kell tells us a little bit about how she came out and how she discovered BPI.
5: My coming out story, I guess, began in 98. Um, I had no idea that I was lesbian and I went to college thinking I was just going to meet a guy and you know, there would be my future and marriage and all the things. You just, it never occurred to me. Um, Even though, and I always think this is the best in retrospect, the best thing that ever happened with my boyfriend um, in my senior year of high school, my favorite thing with him was riding home to my house with Melissa Etheridge blasting in the windows open and you think I would have known but alas um, so in college uh, I remember I had a roommate and we actually went to high school together and through many circumstances she ended up becoming my roommate within the first semester and she came out and there was something in her coming out that just gave me this light bulb moment of oh crap I am this as well. And what do I do? Cause she's not going to believe me. Um, you know, there's, there's no way she's going to believe me. I can't just come out on the back of someone else or it just looks like I'm a follower. So I didn't come out to her for a year, maybe more than a year. I came out to the woman who she dated because I was jealous and <laughs> we both sort of had it for my roommate, although now, you know, it's funny. I've known her for 20 years, and I say, oh, I'm so glad that never happened. That would have been very weird. Anyway, um, so coming out for me, I remember kind of being just very much feeling like I couldn't tell anyone, sort of doing this weird slow process of, oh look, I'm gathering rainbows. Oh look, I have the pink triangle that they gave us, or the rainbow triangle that they gave us because the other trick with me was coming out was that it was all in the face of the Matthew Shepard murder. And I sort of felt like it was such a huge, historical, terrifying time that I didn't want to not be out because it seemed unfair. Why would somebody have to die? Um, for their sexuality. And here I am, surrounded by people who I was pretty sure would be fine with it and, and didn't come out. So my coming out was sort of everybody knew and I just sort of avoided talking about it until I dated my first girlfriend when I was 21. And then I was sort of chicken and was just like, Oh, hey, guys. So this girl wants to date me. And they were like, well, do you want to date her? And I said, yeah, I kind of do. And so that's how I came out. It was not, you know, I I just, I I had the lesbian movies floating around and the rainbows everywhere and just kind of thought, well, if maybe I don't have to really say it. I found out about BPI in, I guess I would say 2005, I think it was. Um, I had been on an email list for LGBT people, I don't think it was lesbians, I think it was all blind LGBT, it was an email list, and Leah Gardner was on there, and we started chatting a lot and became pretty good friends, and she was going to the convention and said, oh, you should, you should check this out, and I said, I don't know, conventions, ah, you hear stories, I don't know, too many blind people in one small space, that sounds completely... Horrifying to me because in my world. I had always been the token blind person I'm still generally the token blind person, but thank you online community Uh, I have so many more people uh, just not outside of my door, but She told me about the convention and about BPI and I said well that seems really cool Um, I was in process of and then going through a breakup with somebody that took me a really long time to get over and so i decided to go and um... so it my first convention was jacksonville and it turns out there are all these people that i so wish i'd known then who i didn't actually get to know until Uh, the uh, inception of the Haytel Group in 2014 for Vegas, like George and JD and just Richard and and great people that probably were, I know JD was there in 05. One of the things that I remember was we went out to this bar and I thought, oh, we're going to go to a gay bar. This is going to be really cool. Maybe we'll meet other people. And it definitely was not that way. So what actually happened is that we went sort of early in an afternoon, I mean, three or four o'clock maybe in the afternoon and we were brought we were sat down at various places and we were not all together so that that was the weird part I remember sitting with Leah and there was a guy to our left who was telling me all of his relationship woes with his boyfriend but I don't know where everybody else was and we had paper plates with sandwiches deli sandwiches and one or two little paper tickets that would get us a beer or a something. I, I think it was only for beer. <laughs> and so it was it was very disconnected and it what it sounds like and I haven't gotten to go and do much in years because money and now tiny human here. My little Amelie. But um it sounds like now things are much more integrated and we aren't sitting on the sidelines of gay things. We're in it. We're in the midst of it. People are going to the burlesque shows and doing a little touch and tell and, you know, out there eating and doing things and going, going, just, just being and existing and being seen. And, and I think that's really cool. So something I've noticed and really appreciate about BPI over the past 16 years is that we have increased our diversity so much. So I feel like we have so many more allies than I ever would have known about from the beginning. And I also feel like our gender diversity, our, yeah, just I would say our gender diversity overall, we've got more women, but we've also got just more gender variants. And, you know, I, I think back to the 90s, I didn't even know about any other gay kids in my high school. There were always the rumors of, oh, those two were doing this or that in the bathroom. And that was it. It was scandal. Um, I know that a few years ago in my high school, my tiny, wonderbread white, rural Trump signs everywhere, small town high school, there was there was a trans boy who ran for, and I think ultimately got homecoming king, so it's interesting. Um, I feel like as the microcosm of demographics and inclusion and outness have changed just in my childhood world, so are they changing in BPI, and I I think that's just great. So, happy birthday, BPI. Can you say happy pride? Happy pride. Yeah!
4: (laughs) Well, guys, I'm sorry to say it, but this show needs to come in for a landing. I want to thank Gabriel and Anthony for giving us this space to produce this show. I also want to thank Sarah Chung for allowing us to go skydiving with them on their birthday. And also a special thanks to Sarah's mom for driving us everywhere. If you want to send us an email, the email address is membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Again, that's membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Here's a final word from our vice president Leah Gardner, hanging out in Chicago at Navy Pier.
0: All right, Rainbow Friends, what month is it? Happy Pride! Pride. Pride. Woo-hoo!
2: Happy Pride. Woo-hoo! Happy Pride. Woo-hoo! You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. Someday
4: we'll find it, the rainbow connection, connection. the lovers, the dreamers, and me.